0: guys, welcome back to another edition of AFK Discussions. It's your boy Jason, is with me is Phil, but Ty is still not around tonight. Um, he's out of town right now, but I just want to say real quick, check out all of our social media. Check out Instagram, check out Facebook, check out YouTube, because hey, we're on YouTube now. Look at us, we're big boys. <laughs> <laughs> yep, guys, check it out. Also, um, we have a shop on TeePublic. If you want to buy this cool, spooky um afk discussion shirt go on there and uh, pick it up there's a few other shirts my favorite one on there guys is i have 99 problems but a ghost ain't one so you know go check that out uh <laughs> so um also we have gina black here with us tonight from uh she haunts how's it going
1: it's been great thank you guys for having me
0: awesome yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely
2: yeah, absolutely. yeah I, I was excited it was one of the first people i thought of to have on the show as a guest Um, because I've been following you for a while. You're know you awesome investigators and you have a lot of cool different ways that you investigate that is a little bit different than other people. So I thought it was a no-brainer to have you on and and talk about all the things that you do and all that stuff. So before we get into it, would you like to tell people where they could find your wonderful work?
1: Absolutely. I'm at SheHans on all socials, uh, Instagram, TikTok, and you guys can see some of my work. If you go visit my, my profile, there's a link. And I have some YouTube videos. There are some, a link to my blog. And you can check out all the spooky ooky that I'm up to.
2: That's awesome. awesome. And you newly just started a new paranormal group as well. Why don't you tell people about yeah. that?
1: Yeah. So my new paranormal team is called Afterlife All-Stars. And we're located in South Florida we frequent areas in Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and beyond and we're just a bunch of really cool people that enjoy the paranormal and we teach others how to investigate and we just love the community and we want you to join us. So if you're ever in town, please give us a message, you know, send us, you know, your information and and you can join us on an investigation.
2: That's yeah, awesome. that's cool. And you guys actually do events as well. Um, Absolutely. And, and you, why don't you tell people about that? Because I think it's an interesting um, way that you guys do it.
1: Thank you. So we partner with museums and historical locations to just help them out with getting their name out there and uh, creating a little bit of awareness for the paranormal events that happen. And we, so we invite guests to join us on investigations. We give what we call a paranormal boot camp where we showcase all of the latest investigation equipment and we teach our guests how to use them. And then the guests can join us on an actual hands-on investigation. The ticket prices are usually anywhere between $35 to $40, so it's pretty affordable. And all of the money that we collect goes directly to the museums and the locations to kind of help them out. And we hope that our guests can enjoy the history the location and find a newfound appreciation for the paranormal.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. No, that's, I think it's a great thing that you guys are doing, especially when you're giving back to the locations themselves, you guys are building a great repertoire and like uh, relationship between those locations. And I think that's important too. Um, so that's really cool. And you guys are based in like South Florida, right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. So awesome. Miami,
1: Fort Lauderdale, and we're starting to creep a little bit further north, but this is our home base. So Um, it's, and it's always beautiful weather. So if anybody wants to come visit, this is the time, (laughs) uh, we're experiencing like it's, it's close to the seventies and like mid seventies weather right now. I know everywhere else in the country, it's pretty much snowing. So yeah, come visit, come investigate.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I always love going to Florida. I'm always good to go to Florida at least once a year for sure. Um, and every time I go, I definitely always try to investigate for sure. Um, Florida has got some great haunts for sure um but yeah i mean i have so many questions jay do you have any questions uh i mean because i'll just keep on going and going and going but do you have any questions for Gina specifically
0: you can keep on going um no your stuff's pretty awesome i've been i've been uh looking at your blog and stuff and i am really intrigued by the devil tree (laughs) i watched that video um was out there and it's very intriguing and um phil and i was just talking about it like you know we did we saw you did like an Estes method, but with, um, drawing with the automatic grinding or whatever. And, uh, that's cool. I kind of, I want to hear some about that and, you know, just yeah, super intriguing. fascinating. It's, it's very, very mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. Thank
1: you. I, I've actually, so this has been my, I want to say fourth or fifth, I'm, I lost track, uh, investigation at this location and, and it is, it still fascinates me every time I go, because every time I go, we have a wild, investigation. And I want to just, it's funny you brought this up. My One of my most profound experiences as an investigator was at this location the first time I went. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about that and then about my most recent. So the first time I went to this location, I knew a little bit about the history. Uh, Just a quick summary. The location is the murder site for a convicted serial killer known as Gerard John Schaefer. He was a lot of people know him as the hangman and what he would do as a Florida sheriff officer was he would take young women that were hitchhiking. He would, you know, pull over and they thought it was a safe ride to get into the car with a cop. And he would take these women to wooded areas and he would, he would torture them. He would assault them. And in some cases he would murder them. And So this particular location was one of his favorite locations, and it was ultimately the confirmed murder site of at least two victims. Although law enforcement does believe that there are more victims that were brought to this location, they just couldn't find the bodies. And there was very little evidence to convict and indict him on additional charges. So the location now in present day is a small wooded area that is kind of like a park and on either side of this park there are it's like new home developments um so it's it's kind of just odd you know you're you're in a, a wooded area but on either side there's homes so the first time I went with my friends we found the location and I did an estes method so I decided to sit up against the tree now I was sitting up against the tree. I was wearing a tank top, and I sat during this Estes session for about maybe fifteen minutes. And you know, we went about the rest of our investigation. We ended up leaving. I arrived home that evening, and I felt like I was severely sunburned. Uh, I, you know, after showering, I felt my back was on fire. It was burning. And I asked my husband to take a look at it. I said, hey, you know, can you maybe put a little aloe on my back? And he said, wow, your entire back is really burned. But it was odd because the rest of my skin on my arms and my chest and my face, nothing else was burned. It was just my back. And I had been wearing a tank top. So even though tank top, you know, it's, you know, cutting out the sides, it was just the back. And I thought that was really weird. You know, because I really wasn't in the sun. And even though you can still get sunburned when it's cloudy out, it was just weird because the rest of my arms were exposed. So why wasn't my face or my neck or my arms burned? And then I thought about it. I had sat up against the tree during this, this session and it was a bad burn. It, I had to have aloe put on my back. I was experiencing chills as if it was a severe sunburn. I went to sleep. It took me a long time to get to sleep. The next morning, completely gone. Hmm. Now, I'm a very skeptical person. I really tried to debunk this. I thought maybe, what if I was sitting up against the tree? Maybe there was something that was irritating my skin. Why would it get through my clothing? It was the entire back. It wasn't anywhere else. It just didn't make any sense. So, you know, I, I had no explanation for this. But each time I visited this location, it, it just it blows my mind the type of evidence that we capture. Uh, we've, we've done EVP. We've, we've had REM pods. We've had uh, EMF detectors detecting anomalies, and there's no electricity in the area. And we're getting insane spikes, temperature changes. It's just very spooky. And the only thing that I can conclude is that there are energies that are surrounding this tree. I'm not sure if it's good or bad. It could be victims. It could be Gerard John Schaefer himself, but there is definitely a connection between this location and the afterlife. And it's just a really interesting place to study. So every time we go, we try to do something different and I just want to get answers. I want to know what is, causing it and why it tends to stick around because it does break my heart that if somebody is trapped there, you know, maybe they have something they want to say. And, and we're just doing everything that we can to analyze and help in any way we can. So it's it's a wild, wild location.
2: Yeah, indeed. yeah that's really cool. That's awesome. No, I think that's it's really strange how um, trees... Um, because I've had a couple different occasions where I've done like the witching tree up this way. That you have the devil tree down there. There does seem to be some sort of connection, not with every single tree, but with certain trees and paranormal activity. You know, yeah. like is you like you said, is it some sort of a a memory or or are they trapped there because of that horrible event or was he the the killer? a uh, cop brought there because evil was there to begin with and it kind of drawed him there. I don't know. You know what I mean? You always wonder about mm-hmm. those sort of locations, like what's mm-hmm. really going on, you know, even if something bad's happened there. Um, Cause we have a location like Freetown state forest up here where people go there to do bad things.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's kind
2: of, you know, it's like, wh- why do people pick that location? You know? So it's mm-hmm. kind of weird. Um, but yes, yeah, super, super fascinating. The devil's Tree is one of those locations that's on my um, top things to uh, visit for sure. Now, um, automatic drawing and ST's method, or just automatic drawing in general, I haven't Mm -hmm. seen many people do it. You do it. Could you explain that whole process and um, some of the results you think that you've um, gotten from it that um, you think are pretty interesting?
1: Absolutely. So my team is always trying to just come up with different experiments and different ways that we can investigate. We're always just, you know, trying different things, and we had... We always do the Estes method. We've we've done double Estes. We've done Estes where people have uh, cables that, you know, split cables so the two people are listening to the same frequencies. We're just always trying to push what we can do and try different ways to analyze the information. And I'm an artist. I've I've been an artist since I can hold a pencil and I thought, you know, why not see if Maybe I can, I can use this skill in, in, in my paranormal research. So we were thinking of ways that we can do this. And I'm, I'm not psychic. I'm not a medium. I'm not someone who has visions or anything like that. I wish I did, but I, I am not. And I was just coming up with so many different ideas of how I could use this skill. And it came to me, you know, maybe try drawing while we're doing the essays. So... I the first time I tried it, I was in a historic location in Fort Lauderdale, and it was a uh, a pioneer home, and it was the original settlers of the town, and it's got a lot of history, a lot of haunts, um, very light energy. There's nothing negative there. Uh, it's actually inhabited by a few different women that that lived in the home, and I felt comfortable opening myself up in this way during that investigation. So. I sat for about 15 minutes, and I just listened to the spirit box. I, I had my blindfold on. I just immersed myself in this uh, this feeling of the sensory deprivation. And then I was tapped in. I was given a sketchbook and a sharpie, and I just started drawing whatever came to my mind's eye. I was still speaking out what I was hearing through the spirit box. As if anyone's ever tried this method, you know, whatever you hear, you just kind of speak out loud. And I was drawing whatever was coming to my mind's eye. I didn't know if it made any sense. I didn't know if it correlated with anything that was being questioned. But I was just drawing. And then after a while, I would rip a page and just start again. And what was interesting was the drawings that I was creating during the session were correlating with the questions. People were asking about locations in the house. You know, Where did so-and-so live? Or, or where did so-and-so pass? Or where did so-and-so, you know, frequent? Or what was this person's favorite room, et cetera? And I was drawing maps of the house. And then at some point, people were hearing noises, and they were hearing uh, footsteps. And it, they said, where, where is the spirit? And I said, the stairs. And I started drawing the stairs, and I circled a particular step. And one of the investigators brought an SLS camera, which is a camera that maps uh, figures, And he brought this camera over to the stairs and he caught a figure running up the stairs and pausing at the exact step that I drew in my drawing. And I'm in a different room, so I can't see where they are. I don't know that they're even doing this. But I drew the stairs and I circled the exact step that he caught the figure on, which was mind-blowing, obviously, when you see these things afterwards. And I don't do this all the time because it does take a lot of my energy to and it kind of puts me in a, an interesting headspace, if you will. But when I do them, it definitely kind of gives us a, a different perspective of the energy and the location. And I would say, you know, bringing it back to the devil's tree, I did an Estes session with automatic drawing, and I was drawing, I, I thought were arbitrary shapes. I was just drawing, drawing, drawing. And one of the girls on the investigation, we do a lot of research and the serial killer that frequented this location wrote a poem while he was in prison. It was called flies in Her eyes. And it was about um, digging up victims after, you know, he had already killed them and, and put them in the ground. And he was describing the way their eyes looked. And my drawings looked like I was drawing eyes with flies. And I didn't know what I was doing. I just, I I thought in my head, I'm like, Oh, this kind of looks, maybe it feels like I'm drawing boats, you know? And I said that to the investigators. I said, Oh, I thought that I was drawing boats. And they said, no, they look like eyes with something in them. And I think what's interesting about this experiment is really, you don't, you have to analyze everything for what it is. It might be nothing, but it really could have a deeper meaning. And if you're, willing and able to do the extra research on the location, the specifics, because I didn't even know that. I didn't know that he wrote a poem. I didn't know any of that. But one of the other investigators did. And she brought that information to me. And then it made sense. So it's one of those collaborative things where everyone has to kind of come together and, you know, be on the same page and really look at the evidence and and see the angles in which it could make sense for what we're doing but it's pretty cool and if anybody's willing to try it we've we've had some other people that we're friends with and that we've had on investigations do it and we've gotten great results you don't have to be an artist you can i've had someone who says claims that they can't draw anything to save their life and he drew a picture what i thought was a face but when we an- analyzed it later it looked like it actually said stop And we saw the letters coming together in this facial structure and it made sense with what we were asking. So I think anybody can really pick up a pencil or a pen and try that next time and and see if it makes sense with what's being asked during the investigation.
2: Yeah, that's super, super interesting. I love the connective tissues, especially when you can connect the tissues between history and like the evidence that you catch. Yeah. And like, and definitely like doing new things like you, you guys did with that, I think is, is how you grow for sure. Cause you, you know, a lot of people get stuck in like the kind of same old mode and that's not, it goes with anything. Is for not just paranormal things. It could be anything that you do. You can get stuck in like the way that you do things and stuff like that. So yeah, that is, that is super fascinating. Um, that's uh, no, there is there any other sort of like paranormal things um, that you do that is maybe out of the ordinary that other people don't do, or is the automatic writing probably, um, like the most interesting, like the most different thing that you guys do? Oh,
1: I think that the automatic writing is definitely not as, I don't see it as much, but I know a lot of investigators do use this and a lot of psychics do it, but I'm not, I don't, I'm not a psychic. I just, for me, what I try to do. And if anybody wants to try this as, you know, maybe not being psychic too, um, you just have to kind of relax and, and open yourself up to the possibilities because, while I'm in this sensory deprivation, you're just hearing, you know, you're hearing this loud sweeping of radio stations and you're not seeing anything because you have a blindfold on. You have to relax yourself and, and just listen to the white noise. And I don't know about you, but I don't know, like I, I look up at the clouds. I'm one of those people that, oh, I see a, an elephant. I see a dog. I see all these things. You have to just let yourself... Listen and, and see what you see. And you can imagine and you can, you can grasp ideas in that space. And maybe it makes sense, maybe it doesn't. But it's an interesting experiment. I, another one that I do like to, to try when we're investigating locations is I use two different paranormal devices. I use a spirit portal box, which a portal is It's kind of like guitar pedals. It is a box that utilizes a noise gate, which cleans up the white noise, and a reverb. So it kind of stretches the voices. So instead of it just being this loud, you know, sweeping of radio stations, you're hearing less of that. And then the voices you do hear, it kind of stretches them apart a little bit. So I use this device, and I also use these dowsing rods that are, they they glow in the dark. And the reason why I like them is because you can cycle through different colors. And this was a suggestion for, from the maker of the dowsing rods, but he suggested asking the spirits: Do you like red? Do you like pink? Do you like green? Do you like blue? You know, and like as you're using the rods, you're hearing while you have this, the portal going, you're hearing voices come through this that, that say green, or blue, or I, I like pink, or you're hearing these voices that validate the colors of the rods. So I'll be using the rods, you know, you can, you can specify open for yes, close for no, or, or vice versa. Whatever you do, you have to kind of like lay the ground rules down and say, you know, please open or close for this or that. And then you're hearing on the portal different voices coming through. And sometimes it's easier for a spirit to communicate with the rods. Sometimes it's easier for them to speak through the portal, but sometimes it correlates. So you can say things like, all right, I'm using the red. Can you point towards the door? And it, you'll hear through on the, on the portal. Yes, I'll point to the door. You'll hear these voices that match what you're asking. And then the rods follow through. And this to me is really key because I don't want to just use one device. I want to have multiple ways to prove what I'm experiencing. I'm a gear junkie. I have tons and tons of gear. And everyone that I investigate with is the same way. And we want to validate what we're experiencing through tangible methods. And the best way to do that, if you can, and I know not everybody is able to, but if you can, have multiple... Points of contact you having the voice match what the the rods are doing and and validating your experience is just to me it's it's wonderful it's it's a way of really showcasing that what we're doing is it matters and it's real and it's just more proof that you can have for a skeptic that would say hey you know ghosts don't exist oh really I have all these different (laughs) parameters that will prove that wrong. (laughs) And I love that.
2: Yeah. Hell yeah. No, that's awesome. And that's exactly what you want when you're investigating too, is you want to have multiple devices saying, you know, correlating with the same thing. So that way, Mm -hmm. like I said, it's more, it's more powerful evidence for sure. No, that's awesome. So when did you get into the paranormal? Was this like a childhood thing? Was it more of an adult (sighs) thing? Um, Did you have some sort of experience? that led you into this or just kind of a, a an interest that grew over time.
1: That's, that's multifaceted. Yeah. My dude, that is uh, <laughs> <there's> so much <laughs> that goes into it. Um, I've always been interested, but my, my parents, when I was about in seventh grade, they uh, bought a home and the home was not in an, an old house. It was actually about 30 years old when we moved in. And this home when they bought it, they bought a lot of the furniture, a lot of the stuff from the previous owner. And in the back of the house, there was like a guest room and a a guest bathroom. And there was just tons of stuff that they found that they thought maybe an elderly person had lived there. There were canes. uh, There was a, uh, a diabetes kit. There was all kinds of stuff in this room that they just assumed, okay, maybe an elderly person had lived there. Um, and over the years, there was a lot of paranormal activity in that area of the house. And, of course, everyone in the house claims they've seen this person, except for me, the one that actually cared about seeing this person. <laughs> um, I've, 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 ex- I've had experience of but I've never seen it. And so basically, you know, I grew up with, you know, you'd see something out of the corner of your eye. I would hear sounds that were unexplained and I've had some experiences, but the most profound was my senior year in high school. I'll just paint this little picture for you guys so you can kind of follow along in, in, in my journey here. I had, I was, I'm a planner. I've always been and I would always lay out my clothes the night before. So I knew what outfit I was wearing and I had laid my clothes out. I had my, my brand new Puma sneakers that were right by my door I was in the restroom. I was washing my face. My brother was asleep. My mother was asleep. My father was in the kitchen. And as I'm washing my face, getting ready for bed, I hear this really loud, boom, boom, just like this really loud sound. So I come out of the bathroom. I see my father coming running around the the corner. And just a side note, my father is a very, very OCD Italian man that, you know, you think of, you know, from Jersey they, they, they put the, the plastic on, on, the, <laughs> on the couches and shit. Like, we grew up with my father just loving everything about his home and everything was in a place. And he would never do this. So we hear this loud crashing sound. My dad comes running around. I'm coming out of the bathroom. And we see my sneaker on the floor. So we turn on the lights because you know it's late. And so we turn on the lights. We're trying to figure out what the hell happened. And brand new pair of sneakers. The laces are Shredded. And the cat is freaked out. He's, like, underneath the, the couch. And we're wondering, okay, what happened? So we're looking around. We're looking around. And we notice on the wall about if I, I'm i 5'9". If I were to reach my arm up and touch the wall with the tippy top of where my arm can reach, there are two footprints on the wall. Two. So it's as if someone took the shoe and smashed it. One, two into the wall. There are tread. I mean, this was before cell phones. I'm really dating myself. There was, we didn't have a phone in our pocket to take a photo, so we didn't take a photo. But two footprints on the wall. Now, we're thinking maybe it was the cat. But really, if the cat got his claws or his teeth or something caught in the, in the shoe lace, he would probably knock it into the wall very close to foot level, you know, on the bottom, you know, below your knees. He would not be able to physically take that shoe six feet and smash it twice so hard that you can see tread marks on the white wall. It's just not possible. So we were both left with, it's got to be paranormal because we know that there's a person living in this house that we can't see. So I grew up with that. That was something that was so profound, and it really just – no matter how how hard I racked my brain, I could not – come up with a solution to what caused that and I do think that you know as I got older I was just more interested I did have a few other experiences at different locations but I was just so curious I just I didn't understand it I wanted to know more so I would watch the shows I would watch Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters you know all these programs and I just wanted to see what they were up to what were they doing how did they deal with what I was experiencing and you know throughout time I you know I got a couple of ghost hunting equipment I got an EMF detector and dowsing rods and, and you know I would start going to locations and just messing around and eventually I started doing investigations and I met my people and now I do it full time pretty much so <laughs> it's
2: great Yeah no that's awesome no such an you int- like cause the reason why I asked that cuz usually I feel that, like paranormal people Or people that do like investigations or into the paranormal. Not every single person. That people that actually like are really, really usually have some sort of like experience that kind of leads them into that or like a deeper interest into it. Um, At least that's what I found. At least that's true for Jason and me, and obviously for you as well. Um, So yeah, um, super super interesting. Um, Jay, do you have another question?
0: Um, I just really relate because I I grew up in a haunted house also, and um, that really led me down this path. Um, I didn't start it. I've only been on a few investigations, but the ones I went on were very, very profound and like I'm like, wow, you know, this is like I because I was really skeptical of the spirit box at first. I was like, no, it's just it's just radio signals. But uh, you know, whenever you get like communications where they're actually talking back and answering questions, it's it there's there's no doubt in my mind now that Spirit box actually works and it is a real thing, you know.
2: Jason, would that be the that's devil worship line? Would that be the moment that you were like, Oh, you know what? Maybe there's something else going
0: on? Yeah, yeah, that, that's one of the big ones, <laughs> definitely.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, one thing I did want to ask since you've been investigating for a long time, how has your investigating style changed from when you first started till now? Are there things like you did in the past that you don't do now? Um, anything like that?
1: Not really. I always kind of – I would say my personal approach, which I find, at least for myself, to be comfortable, is I, I don't antagonize. I don't, I don't kind of mess with anything. I try to be as polite as possible. And I find for me – and I know that's not for everyone, but I find for me I get really good results because going in with kindness and trying to kind of relate to someone on a human level – and not treating them like they're a, you know, a pony show. It's, it's a person. Uh, I, I find that I get really good results and, you know, a lot of people have fear surrounding the paranormal because they watch certain TV shows and they hear about demonic attachments and, Oh, something followed me home and all this, all this stuff. And I really think that it does an injustice to the field because, it's not something to be scared of. And I, and of course there are places that are darker. I'm not saying every location is going to be light. But if you approach a situation from a good place and you put it, that kind of energy into it, I think that it really does matter. And I think that some other people that I've investigated with maybe kind of went in hot, you know, coming in with antagonistic, you know, styles and it doesn't end well. And mm-hmm. I think that at least for me, you know, I, I sort of I didn't like that style, and I would see that on certain shows, and I sort of felt like, oh, why, why are you mm-hmm. gonna go in there yelling yeah. and screaming? Um, but I, I I did watch uh, like Kindred Spirits and like The Ghost Brothers and some of these shows that they're a little bit more lighthearted, and 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 that really kind of vibed for me. But I do think that as far as like where I started with and where I am now. At first I was a little bit timid to try new things because I thought, oh, I can only try what I've seen and what is, is acceptable. But I think really just if you're in the moment and something's working, you know, you have to kind of go with it. And I know that sounds a little vague, but there'll be a night where the ghosts want to always mess with the REM pod and turn it on. Or they only only want to come through and touch the EMF detector or they only want to come through and and turn on the flashlight or whatever they choose to do. And you have to just change your plans and redirect and, okay, that's, that's what you want to touch tonight. Let's do that. How can we ask questions or how can we, you know, change our way that we're, kind of operating so that it makes sense for this spirit because this spirit is coming through in this way. And I think that when I first started, I just had this idea in my head, I have to do with this a certain way and I have to try these few different things. But it's always kind of thinking on the, you know, I think now it's always trying to, you have to go on the fly with what you're, what's happening in, in that place at that time. And I think that's being able to do that is a really good quality. And if you try to force something, and it's it might not work for you. So that's my only advice, really is is you know if you're starting to notice that one thing's working over another, just roll with that. And who cares if if you can't do EVP or you can't do your spirit box session? Just roll with whatever the spirit is doing, and maybe you get a really great session out of it.
2: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with I couldn't agree more, especially with um being really nice. I got, I've gotten told that I was really nice and I always try to be in my investigations and stuff too. Cause like you said, I feel like it does no good, especially if you go in there that, that way. Just, I don't know. It's just not a great starting point. I can understand if you go in really nice and then you get attacked or something and then you're upset, you're attacked. Okay. Like I get it. You, I, I get that you're mad and you want to like go back in there and be mad about it. But like to go in like with that attitude is just like just the wrong such the wrong way to do it you're just asking for trouble in my opinion for sure Um, so Mm -hmm. yeah i couldn't agree with more and then what you said about changing on the fly i think that's super important too absolutely you know because there is sometimes where you know what uh, depending on location or even the the time you're there or whatever they use the one device over another so you know just roll with it and then you know you'd be surprised what evidence you get if you just keep on you know if, you, if you're getting something in the moment just keep on going it like you know some people are like all right well that's enough of that let me just go do something else mm-hmm. now it's like no dude you're getting stuff right now just keep on going until it dies yeah. off and then yeah, move exactly. on you know um so yeah no that's super cool um i have uh, and uh, so what i want to know is what's your out of all the investigations you've done all the locations what is your favorite location as far as to like just investigate or whatever just favorite, mostly <laughs> i don't know if you have one but you know that's a great question.
1: Um, it is a really good question, and I I, ha- I really don't have to think about it too hard. Uh, so, I when I first started when I first got started with with investigating, and I do like to travel, you know. I I thought I just had to conquer the world and just go to as many places as I could, but the more I investigate, I do believe that if you're able to revisit a location multiple times, you can develop a relationship with a spirit or with the spirits in the home or they become comfortable with you, you become comfortable with them. So what I, I would have to actually say out of all of the places that I've been, I've been around the US, I've investigated in Japan, I've I've done some cool locations but my favorite is actually my home base <laughs> and that is the King Camardi House and if anybody is interested in checking this out, it's recently been featured on Fright Club with Jack Osborne and the Ghost Brothers. I want to. I don't remember right off the bat, and I don't have my phone on me, but it was featured in an episode, and they they call it the Doll Room, and it's it's kind of like a nursery room in the house. And this house is by far. It is just a delight. We investigate it as part of our uh, inve- events, and. You know, as a perk of doing the events for the museum, they let us investigate pretty much whenever we want. So we're there all the time. And we've developed relationships with these entities. And it is so cool as an investigator when you can get your name. And I've gotten my name on multiple EVPs. And they know me. They'll, you know, if it's said, who's your favorite investigator, we'll get Gina. Oh, that's awesome. And we'll get, you know all kinds of things, you know, my name will come up and other investigators that I'm with too, we'll, will get our names. It's, it's not just me and, but it's just so exciting when you can get that kind of validation that you're making that relationship with them. And I've gotten, um, just amazing, incredible EVPs. I've gotten names of people that have lived in and passed away in the house. I've gotten names of people related to those folks that have lived in the home. I've gotten just incredible evidence, and every time I go, there's something new, and it's just, it's just amazing. It really is. And I've been to you know, the Lizzie Borden house. I've been to the Stanley Hotel. I mean, I've been to the suicide forest in Japan. I've done just tons of places, and this location is just exciting because they know me. And, and they're not afraid to come through and talk with me. And, you know, the type of interactions we get are not just voices on an EVP. We'll get, we'll ask them to light things up and they'll do it on command. We'll get them to come into a temperature grid device and we'll see exactly where they are in the grid. We'll have, you know, SLS cameras where we can see stick and dot figures, raise your hand and they'll raise their hand. They want to make themselves known. They want to help us. And we want to help them. We want to put their stories out there too because they don't want to leave. They like the house. They want to be there and they want you to know their story. Mm -hmm. And we just do our part to tell their story. And, you know, whenever we bring guests in, we always try to remind them, you know, please be respectful because these spirits, this is their house and you're coming into their house. And when the guests you know, can kind of put faces to what they're experiencing. They see, can see the pictures on the wall and they can, you know, they know the names of the people they too experience that. And it's just, it's incredible. It really is.
0: Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, I was wondering, so we Phil and I have experienced something numerous times. So on the SLS camera um, we have gotten entities that are small like little small entities. Um, at first we thought, oh, you know, it's just picking up, you know, like lines and trying to make a figure out of it. And they're usually on the RIM pod, and but not always. We'll have the SLS. Sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. So uh, we kind of debunked that. Um, and this one instance we had, it showed up on the RIM pod, and it was like moving around, looked like it was trying to activate it. And um, Phil like stuck his arm in the in the camera, and it disappeared. And as soon as Phil put his arm out, it came back. And then we, uh, Phil put a leaf in there. And he's like, can you dance on the leaf? Can you stomp the leaf? And it literally stomped and spun around like it was dancing on the leaf. its It was one of the most crazy things I've ever seen. But um, have you ever had an experience with like a little figure on like the SLS or anything?
1: Only once. And we don't know who the girl is. She's also at the museum that we frequent. And the manager slash chairperson for the museum has seen her with his own eyes. So we know that it, there's so many people who have seen her. Uh, they previously thought it was – they had a name for who they thought it was. And then mm-hmm. we debunked it because the woman w- actually lived to be in her 80s. And this child is – she's coming through. She's like four or five years old. And we don't think it's the – the original person that they had had assumed originally but this little girl she's always seen in the lobby of the the inn the hotel the former mm-hmm. hotel which is now a museum and the manager sees her sitting in the seats around the front desk and we have used the SLS camera and she'll be standing in the doorway this little tiny figure and she'll kind of like it almost looks like she's dancing Mm -hmm. and she'll disappear and we can't unfortunately get her to interact with us but that's really the only time we've ever seen her is in that lobby and we've had things like the you ever go to an old hotel and they have like a bell at the desk oh yeah yeah so when we come in we usually ring the bell and we'll say hey everybody we're here you know we're thank you for having us you know we sort of like introduce the night that way Mm -hmm. and we've had the bell rung and we think it's her Because she's always seen right by the desk, and um, so I don't know, but we've never been able to really get her for long. She only shows up for a split second, but she's tiny, so we think it's her. And she's—I want to say—in the relation to the door frame, she shows up as like four feet. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like a little, like just like a child. So we were—I was telling her about the little figure we had Mm -hmm. dancing on the rim pod um yeah. I actually yep. let me see is this the i'm
1: going to do
0: that's exactly what we yeah that's
2: exactly what we thought it was or like <laughs> some sort of little person or something and so, we caught it in Elkmont twice i don't know if you can see it yeah there it is oh
1: my gosh yeah like, so cool. like uh, they
2: will turn around dancing and and eventually does like uh it like like spins around and stuff
1: it's like doing a little jig. Yeah, yeah
2: that's exactly it. Yeah, <laughs> so, and we when we put that leaf down on the ground, it started dancing on that leaf specifically. And then when we took the leaf away, then it was like, all right. And then it jumped on top of the REM pod and was trying Did to you like think
1: that's a like a fairy.
2: That's yeah, like I think fay? so. Like a fae folk type uh, oh, I entity mean, or something like feature. that. I mean, see, yeah, arms it's like a li- it's like a little little teeny human, but like really small. Yeah, so fairy folk or yeah, there he's yeah. doing the spins.
1: Oh that is, is so doing, cute. It looks yeah, like it's yeah, doing a little TikTok dance. Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's showing us how to go viral maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah it's like this, guys. Come on
1: touch your toes.
2: Yeah, so we've had that I love a couple times, a that. couple times at, at Elkmont specifically. Um, yeah. you know, which is, is super awesome catch. And I've had that in Huckamuck too, where like Puckwudgies and little people are supposed to be, so um, I'm so find, fascinated
1: by that. Yeah,
2: the little Puckwudgies and stuff. Yeah, and, and we, sure. I know we
1: kind of like collabed on a video, and yes. so many people were sending me message, "What's a puck wedgie Yeah, and all these, <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. And said, you guys gotta check out Phil's page because yeah, he's doing yeah. the work.
2: <laughs> yeah, for yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, Gina was on one of my videos on exploring with Phil, um, Evelyn Pack, a Evelyn Packard, and Angels or whatever the wording is. I don't remember, but yeah, that video was awesome. You were in that video. You asked a question. Gina's question was. Um, are there any adults there or any children there? And then you ask if there's any adults protecting children or something. Cause I think that's something you ask a lot on your investigations. Mm-hmm. I think you told me if I remember correctly, wow. um, but yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. Awesome video. And I'm thankful that you wanted to be a part of it for sure. I'm going to have to do another collab like that soon for sure. Um, speaking of like places that you haven't been yet, how swamps, obviously one of those locations, but Are there any locations that you haven't been that you're like, man, I really, really want to go to this spot specifically?
1: (laughs) I have so many, but I'm going to talk about a little bit of like a FOMO situation because all right. So I was born in New Jersey and I lived in Bergenfield until I was in first grade. And then I lived in upstate New York in Rockland County. And when I was growing up in Rockland County uh, in the early 90s, because I'm old, I uh, went to a, I lived in a very small town in Rockland. And when I was in elementary school, the kids would always on the playground, they would say, Oh, if you're bad, you know where gonna, they're going to put you? They're going to put you in Letchworth. And it was Letchworth Village, if anybody doesn't know, is a really wild location. And this place was like a very ominous, it was it was a very creepy, very scary. Um, you know, it was on the top of a mountain, um, asylum kind of place. And I, I, I'm pretty, and I don't know the exact date of when it closed down, but it was in operation for a pretty long time. And when I lived in New York State, I was only a few miles away, and it was it was a constant state of. As a kid, because it was scary and it was not that far away, and we can all see it, and it was just this really doom and gloom kind of spot. And now, as an investigator, I see all these all these investigators going to Letchworth, and they're investigating, and there's this like wild, unmarked graveyard where everybody is buried, and they're getting crazy EVPs, and they're going through the the hospital and they're just getting all these kinds of things and I just I feel a little left out because I you know grew up with that and I want to go so I I, I would have answered this a little differently maybe if you asked me a while ago because of course I want to go to really interesting places that everyone wants to go to I want to go to the Winchester Mystery House I want to go to mm-hmm. World. I want to go to all these prisons and hospitals but that place because it's in my hometown is somewhere I really would like to go. And I would like to make that happen in the next couple of years. So I'm putting it out to the universe and you guys heard it first.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah. No, that place is awesome. And that's, that's about like three hours away from where I'm at. So that's like in my range, like it's a little bit further. I have to do be like do like a day trip there, but um, yeah, that's, that's one that's up there too. So if you ever go, let me know. Cause I'll probably tag along and yes. um, cause yeah, <laughs> cause that would be awesome. I mean, I would love to do a video. Yeah. With it would be cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah that place is absolutely incredible um and i i heard it's even i don't even know if maybe i'm thinking of someplace else but i think there's even parts of it still that they still use which I is weird i don't know
1: about that i think i don't it's, know i, I don't know it's either. All shut th- down.
2: is it now sh- okay and maybe it's all shut I down. i might be I thinking think it's of a different all, like
1: abandoned but yeah that's cool it's you know i lived in a very small town i grew up in a town called fields in rockland county and i mean my town was so tiny and it's just wild that it was right by us. And now I, I, I knew it was scary as a kid, but I didn't understand the atrocities that were happening there. And what's wild is it went on for so long and it's just such a dark thing to have so close to you, you know? Yeah, and sure. you don't think that that, you know, as an adult, I'm like, wow, that was happening right up the street, you know? And it's just wild, you know, it was wild to me.
2: So. yeah for sure no that's that's a that's sad. a cool place for sure yeah and sad yeah it, it reminds me of Pennhurst. yeah in that kind of way Penhurst kind of has that like dark dark yes. past to it as well um just like with abuse and all that other um horrible yeah. things that did those poor people um yes. but yeah which which is why they're haunted you know um which yeah. is yeah. so weird um i was actually talking about this with someone else i don't remember talking about how um you know you know how, like negative things either battles or Atrocities or whatever, like create hauntings, and you know you. Could, mm-hmm. But I was also thinking, like, a what if like positive things would also create some sort of positive haunt? You know, I think we're maybe me and Jason and I were talking about this one time. We're talking about like Disney World or something, right? Like, because mm-hmm. everyone goes to Disney World, everyone has a great time there. Like most of, most people that have fun there, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a place where people have fun all the time, and over time, like, does that fun and that good, those good feelings, like somehow leave an imprint in that area so if we ever investigated in disney we'll get like <laughs> like sounds of people uh riding rides or like you know what i mean i don't know you know mm-hmm. what i mean it just makes you wonder because you know with, with negative things there, there's always that attachment with hauntings but you never really think about like positive places or positive things um but yeah I just believe that i do yeah right i really I, I, do
1: believe that right i think Why that not? people can revisit somewhere where they were the most happy in their lifetime i completely agree with that
2: right it's just something like a lot of people just don't think about because a lot of people like to focus like on the you know negative aspects but it's something to think about for sure Mm -hmm. um something that you do that i think is really cool that a lot of people maybe don't do is you spend a lot of time um visiting cemeteries investigating in cemeteries it seems like you like to um, go to a lot of different cemeteries um what is your favorite cemetery that you've been to
1: Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> um, I love cemeteries. And so I'm an artist. I know I mentioned that. I'm also a photographer. And what I like to do when I'm cemetery exploring is I, I'm i just fascinated with the art and the stylings of headstones. I'm into – I'm a. It's if you ever go to a cemetery with me, you're gonna. It's difficult to (laughs) listen to me because I'm gonna go on and on and on. This cemetery, this particular headstone is from (laughs) 1900s, and everybody did this, and this means that, and you know. So I'm, I get excited, and I just, I want to just. It's more of, for me, I enjoy the art, and I enjoy you know feeling the. You know the feelings that you feel when you see a, when you're visiting a museum. It's the same kind of place for me. I I love going and I, I love Gothic Southern cemeteries. And uh, living in Florida, I'm blessed that I'm able to visit many of them. And I also go to Georgia a lot. And I would say my favorite cemetery. It's really difficult. But I want to say, and this is not the prettiest cemetery, but I love the connection that I have there. And that is the Westview Community Cemetery right by me. If you Google it, they're actually going through some crazy uh, legal issues right now because they're trying to sell off portions of the land. And it is a hot controversy by me because this obviously nobody wants to move any, anybody's final resting place. and. It's more of a like a corporate greed kind of thing, mm. and a lot of people are fighting against it. And why I love this place is it is a community cemetery, so it's it's um, very inexpensive to be there. There are it was the the particular location at the time when it was created was a segregated cemetery. So back when you know there were cemeteries that were specific, specifically for white people and black people, this was a place. For people of color to be buried and it has become over time an affordable resting place and it's just so colorful and there's just so much love that goes into all of the plots it's not your average place you're not going to see the same cookie cutter markings that you would everywhere else and a lot of it is diy you're going to see things that are spray painted not in a negative way not in a a graffiti way the family has come in and you know, done things, and it is just – it's a beautiful place, and I love it. It's right down the street from me. It's only about two miles from where I live, and we have a celebrity. I don't know if you've seen a show called Good Times from the 70s. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, the mom from Good Times, uh, oh, Florida, cool. I think her name is, or Flora. Yeah. She's she's buried there, and uh, her name is Esther Roll, and so she's our celebrity. And she also – I didn't know this, but her sister – Was also a famous actress, and she's buried there as well. And it's just a a really nice place. And when I go, I I always try to pick up any trash or, you know, kind of do what I can to make it nice. And I have investigated there, I have taken some photographs there. And what we, we tend to get is people that come through that, you know, on Spirit Box or in the portal or on the EVP that just want to let us know that they're there. They don't necessarily have anything negative to say. They just want their voices to come through and they want to say hello. And it's just kind of like a neighbor, you know. And when we go, we always get some sort of response. And it's just a a really cool location. And it's not the most visited. It's not the... Popular place that everybody you know wants to go to, if you ever go you'll never see anyone else there it's just <laughs> and I like that I want to go mm-hmm. and I want to enjoy my alone time or take my pictures and it is just it's a very positive place, I think, as far as a vibe goes, and that's yeah. all I can expect want to get
0: yeah you know, that's you, so cool when you're talking about selling off the cemetery I, the first thing that went through, went through my mind was don't these people watch horror movies this is exactly yeah. a horror movie. <laughs> this starts. is a recipe
2: for a haunting
1: I know. literally <laughs> literally yeah. yeah it's just what happened was at the time when it was built in i want to say the 40s and um don't quote me on that but i think it was the 40s it was a vibrant neighborhood so these people would come and they would you know it was a community cemetery there's no nobody for profit there mm-hmm. and so these people would come and they would garden and they would you know trim the grass they would take care of it, but over time, the homes were bought up, and all these warehouses and other things started popping up around it so now you have this cemetery that was originally surrounded all by homes, and it's now surrounded by warehouses and they just mm-hmm. want to keep building these things and it's just so sad because you're you see warehouse 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 cemetery, and mm-hmm. it's just you know, it's like the, the the landscape in general is kind of bleak, but I, I don't believe in that. I don't think it's right to move people. And if you why do you wanna why do you need to move why do you need yeah. to do that? Yeah, why I, not just go somewhere else? There's plenty mm-hmm. of other areas where you can put up a stupid warehouse. Like mm-hmm. why does it need to be right there? And I I think a lot of people agree with that. And it it creates a negative energy and and moving people. It's just, I, I don't think most people are, you know, their spirits are cool with that. It's just, it never, I feel like it never is going to turn out well. No. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. I no. mean, how many stories have like, you
2: heard that turned out yeah. well when people moved by? You know, like, you, yeah, yeah, definitely for sure.
0: Um, and I would see. say c- I c- cemetery, I mean, most, you know, most of the older great plots are, I mean, they're all already disintegrated in their yeah. 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 The ground forever you know mm-hmm. so. yeah
2: for sure do you have any cemeteries that are on your like bucket list of like oh man i, I really want to go to the cemetery
1: yes i i really want to go to bonaventure which is in uh savannah and there's a specific grave for a little girl her name is gracie and i think she was some sort of i'm not i don't remember exactly how she passed but she passed from a disease and I think her parents just kinda like dropped her off at a hospital and they left her and they didn't claim her. And the people of the town kind of created this sweet memorial for her and they sort of like immoral, you know, immoralized that, you know, that image of her and they put this beautiful sculpture up and people visited and they bring her gifts and presents and stuff like that. And I just I feel like I want to check that out. I, I love that kind of thing. But in addition to that, I also really want to do, and it's it's like neck and neck. I want to do the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. I have a friend that she does lots of. She's into like spooky stuff, and she does a lot of events there. And what's really cool, even for people that aren't into creepy stuff, is they do screenings, like movie oh, screenings, at the Hollywood cool. Forever Cemetery. So you could watch a Judy Garland movie at the same cemetery where Judy Garland is buried. Yeah. And you can that's see cool. like all these famous actors and actresses in their golden era just, you know, and they'll they'll put it up in the park and you, you just see these people just camped out with their picnic baskets and, and blankets in the cemetery to watch these movies. And I just love that because I feel like in my heart that the people that are buried there would love seeing themselves in that in that situation so it's that's up there for me too yeah
0: definitely. yeah
2: no that's awesome no cool I think the cemetery thing is something that's definitely underappreciated for sure so I, I applaud you for like going out there and really you know bringing attention to like how beautiful these places are because every time I investigate a cemetery I'm always blown away by some sort of uh tombstone or like you know just the the detail that went into like some of these tombstones or the graveyards themselves with like the um, entrance ways and, you know what I mean? They really did take care of and like wanted to really put their, the best, um, you know, foot forward or like best wood, you know what I'm saying? Um, whatever yeah. I'm trying to say right now, but um, yeah, just, it's, it's awesome the, the detail and stuff that goes into the old cemeteries where like, if you went to a new cemetery, you're not going to get that, yeah. like, re- you know, that really yeah. cool detail where, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, like you said, cookie cutter, basic, I mean, not because people don't want to do it. It's just like, I mean, the cost of funerals nowadays, like right. my dad died a few years ago, it was like 10 grand just for like yeah. a basic funeral. And it's like, that's a lot, you know, for the average person yeah. to like, you know, so like, yeah, it's just, it's a shame, but um, you know, I applaud your work cause that's, it's really cool for sure. Thank yeah. you. But like, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, So what's coming down the pipe for you this year in the future, any projects that you want to, um, you know, Break here right now, um, or anything down the road that you think um, that um, people want to know about?
1: So a couple things. Uh, on the paranormal front, I am working with a TV show that is called uh, Dark Echoes Paranormal, and I am the Southern location scout for this TV show. You can check out their episodes on Amazon Prime. It is based right now as far as the seasons that are available in New England. And they are looking to expand uh, in South Florida. And I've been working with them. So check it out if you can. And when it comes to my you know, personal work, I am doing a lot of work with local um, locations I have in South Florida where – I'm trying to get into places that haven't been investigated, and I can't really talk about it just yet. But Mm -hmm. I've gotten into a couple locations recently where I have the owners that are very interested in the possibility of creating a space for paranormal teams to come in and explore their historic locations. And I'm doing preliminary work to make sure that that's possible, that it's safe that it is something that's going to work out. And so I'm doing some preliminary investigations. And hopefully in the coming months, there will be an opportunity for people to get into some really cool places that maybe were, you know, on someone's bucket list. And so I, that's all I can say. And I'm also working on – so I, I'm i a really big uh, thrift person. I love going antiquing and I like, you know, just – I'm enamored with the Victorian era, and I, I, I'm a writer for a magazine called Paranormal, uh, Paranormality Magazine, and I did a story about the Victorian ghost phenomenon, and I just became really obsessed with <laughs> the Victorian folks uh, and their love relationship with death, and I started collecting a pretty large collection of photography of postmortem. You know, and and otherwise, uh, different things made from hair, I have wreaths, I have jewelry, I have all kinds of crazy stuff. And I am thinking about expanding some of my collection to an online store. So that's coming down the pipe. And I have some pieces that may or may not be haunted, may or may not be verified. (laughs) Because I'm using my ghost hunting equipment with my collection and I'm getting some interesting responses. So I want to make sure that before I put anything up for sale, that it's safe. And uh, I, of course, wouldn't want to pass along anything negative. So I'm kind of seeing what is good and what is not. And uh, I'm going to put some items up. I know a lot of people are interested in that kind of thing. And it's going to be very well labeled as such. And, you know, uh, maybe something might be haunted for me. might not be haunted for someone else, but... At least I can provide a little verification in the sense of EVP, Spirit Box, EMF, and you know, just kind of go through all of my various equipment and with my collection. So that's coming too. And I've just been really exploring with my new paranormal group. I'm a co-founder for the Afterlife All Stars and we're trying to just get into some new locations and, you know, kind of put out some content for everyone to not only show the paranormal, but kind of bring people into the fold you know we really want people to investigate with us we're trying to create an inclusive community and I know a lot of you know at least when I was trying to break into the paranormal world I found that everybody's kind of exclusive oh we don't know you you can't you know investigate with us we're a team we're so cool you know there's a lot of that going around and we're not that at all we want people to come with us investigate you know and and really just join into the fun so there's a lot going to be coming in with, with that. And I'm just super excited for all of the new ventures of 2024. And hopefully I'll be able to get up to Letchworth and I'll be giving you a call. Yeah. Hell <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's on hell my yeah. radar. <laughs> yeah. That's just, awesome. you know, all things paranormal.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Real quick. If, if I'm ever in Florida, I'm definitely going to hit you up because I really – Let me know. <laughs> really want to go out because, I mean, this places you talked about, I, I'm like, I got to go there and check that out.
2: Yeah, dude. You're the Devil welcome. Trees. Oh, The Devil Trees have been yeah. on my radar for a long time. And just watching Gina's stuff all the time, every cemetery she goes to is pretty sick. So yeah,
1: uh, Thank there's millions million
2: <laughs> spots in Florida.
1: Yeah,
0: there's a lot. I have one more yeah. question I have to ask before we get off here. So I – I'm really fascinated by the Suicide Forest in Japan. You Mm -hmm. you mentioned that you investigated there. Can you go into a little bit about that real quick? Absolutely. Okay. So
1: I've gone to Japan many times. Uh, I want to say I I honestly lost count. I think it's like seven or eight times I've been. um, My husband's band plays over there, so I kind of help out (laughs) with the merch and such. But we've been to the area, and I will say – it was a very eerie experience. I did not bring equipment with me. We were in it's 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 around Mount Fuji, mm-hmm. and um, so we went to the area. And when we arrived, we were walking around, and mm-hmm. um, all I gotta say is we we kind of like stepped into the forest. We were walking around. We were on a trail, so we weren't just you know we we didn't want to go on unmarked trails. We were on a trail. And as we walked in a little ways, I swear, it was so creepy because as you walked in, it's almost like the sound dulled, the sound, and you know the sound of a forest, Mm -hmm. the bugs, the birds, the chirping, the the sound of the wind going through the leaves. You can kind of close your eyes and picture it. Now imagine something just kind of like sucking that sound out, like it's gone. And it was silent. And so we're walking around and I just felt uncomfortable. And I mean I wasn't expecting it to be like this beautiful, you know I mean we, I knew where I was, but we didn't go that far in and I just felt odd. I didn't like it. I didn't feel good. And I sort of said to my husband, I'm like, are you, like are you feeling a little off?" And he said to me, I've been feeling off since we got out of the car. Like, I didn't, he didn't like it at all. Yeah. And so we were all kind of, like, walking around a little bit. And I was kind of, like, you know, doing my thing. I'm just taking some nature pictures because I, I love, you know, tree, old trees. And, you know, that, that to me, when I see that kind of stuff, I just, my, my, my artist brain kicks into gear. So I was taking some pictures, and he, he kept kind of walking. And... He didn't notice that I wasn't walking next to him. So he kind of got a little out of my line of sight. And I swear I felt, when I realized that I was by myself, I felt a serious fear. I felt like my heart was racing. It was almost like a panic attack. And I, my logical brain would say, that's silly. You have a phone. He's probably right up there. You know what I mean? Like, just walk a few steps forward. But I froze. And I was just kind of... Just very uncharacteristically nervous, and i i was I was getting a little clammy. I was I was just my heart was racing, and I heard him, so I was able to kind of like walk a little ways and find him. But I felt in that moment like I was all by myself. I was lost, and I don't know. I really can't say for sure because I don't want to say I tapped into someone else's feelings, but. That's not like me to feel like that. Mm-hmm. And logically speaking, I knew that he was only a few steps in front of me. I just couldn't see him. And, but in that moment, I felt like I was all alone. I was lost and I was scared. And it just didn't make sense. And when I found him, I said, we are going, we're going to go. We're, we're leaving. <laughs> you know, yeah. like this is done. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we did land up going we didn't see anything. I know there have been, you know, some YouTubers and people that have gone out and, like, you know, seen bodies. We didn't see anything like that. But we also didn't really go that far in. We were sort of like on the outskirts. Um, I will have to say that the Japanese government does do what they can in that situation to try to, you know, combat that situation. There are, and there is a lot of signage too, but. People do go camping there and there are different colors that they will post around their campsite to kind of like let you know how they're feeling. Um, There are different colors that mean, you know, just leave me alone or I need help. And there, there are different colors that they'll put up like a flag or something. And I think that the Japanese government in that area does do their best to kind of work with them, you know, try to help people out. But it's just one of those things. It's such a big forest that you can't really help, you know, you can't really know everybody that's coming in. And it's just a really sad situation. And in, in, it's one of those countries that I don't think they're addressing mental health like the United States. It's just not the same. And people really just, you know, they're, they're feeling a lot of pressure. And yeah. it's just really a really sad thing. And I didn't feel compelled to investigate. I felt like it was not a good place. I, I don't want to investigate there. Yeah. I just I felt what I felt, and that was that was it. I wasn't going to bring in any equipment. But I think if anybody does go there, that you have to be really really respectful because it is one of those places that there's a lot of emotions, uh, and and you don't know exactly what people are feeling. And it's just – it's sad. It's just a very <laughs> sad place. It's kind of a downer. But I, I I, do hope that, you know, now that a lot of people know about it and are talking about it, that hopefully because it's becoming more and more of a conversation topic, that people can realize that they're not – they don't need to go there. You know, right. it doesn't need to be the end-all, end be-all of, of, of their situation. So – I don't know. It's 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 kind of a, a, a bummer, but the area itself is is absolutely gorgeous. Um, it's it surrounds Mount Fuji, and the the area has so many so many beautiful, you know, nature areas that you can go. You know, in in a, in a cave, you can go spelunking. You can go. You can climb Mount Fuji. There are some other smaller mountains in the area. I, I personally did Fuji, and I'll never do it again um it was very freaking intense and i'll never do it again i bet i bet (laughs) um but like i love that area and i love the people there and i love the food and it's just it's magical in that sense and i i just i hope that anybody that goes there you know i know there's there have been some controversial youtubers that have gone out there and i just i just hope anybody that wants to visit just does it respectfully Mm
2: -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely no this has been great now before you leave i do have to ask are you into any other paranormal things besides just like paranormal investigating and ghosts do you are you into aliens are you into conspiracy theories or is it just you know because some people are into a lot of different things or some people are just like kind of like narrow focused in on one thing so what about you
1: so i when it comes to aliens and cryptids i'm very open-minded um I do really, really believe that there are aliens and that I you know, even the government has come out and they're they're being transparent about it at this point. So at this point, you know, I feel like at this point if someone doesn't believe in it then they're being a little closed minded. But I have not had any experiences and I would love to see something from a distance I don't want to be abducted <laughs> um, but you know I, I love that and I, I think it's interesting um, cryptids you know I, I, I also am on the same thing I think that there's just too much out there for it to be faked at this point it's like when there's smoke there's fire you know everyone has videos everyone has you know dash cam everyone has you know ring cameras everybody has these things now that We didn't previously have, you know, circa 10 years ago, and nowadays there's just more and more and more content coming out, and it's just, it's becoming to a point where you can't really dispel those rumors anymore, and I have a lot of theories about that. I'm not going to get into it, but I think that it's, it's fun to talk about why, why do we see these cryptids? Why do we see these creatures that, you know, how are they there, and So I get into those kind of theories. Um, I'm not a big conspiracy theory person. I do think a lot of the conspiracy theories that are kind of, you know, out and about at this point, a lot of it can be explained. And I think that – and I just ran into a situation recently with the Miami aliens. Mm -hmm. um, Of course. I I live very close to Miami. My husband actually works in that area of Miami um, at a place called Landshark like a restaurant yeah, in yeah. inside yeah. and i you know coming from living here that whole situation was just blown completely out of proportion and what i find very disturbing is that nobody wants to look at real footage from news broadcasts from you know cameras from the place nobody did any research they just saw this one viral video and they think oh my god there's aliens But there's so many other videos to analyze and make your conclusion. And I just feel like nobody's doing that. And and that upsets me with anything. You shouldn't just watch one video on TikTok and think that that is the gospel. You have to look at the news broadcasts. You have to look at multiple news broadcasts. You have to look at people's videos that were there. You have to look at all these things. And there's no aliens in any of those other videos. So how come this one video... It's already been debunked showing an, an eight foot alien, which is actually people walking in reverse, twisted and, and stretched, being the gospel. I just find that to be like a dangerous thing. And so I'm not saying all conspiracy theories are wrong, but I think that it's dangerous in our in our day and age when we have a lot of our, our news coming through social media when you see something that's viral and you don't question it, you don't dig deeper, you don't try to find any sort of other evidence, and you take it at face value and just roll with it. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't like, I don't like that. And I mean, I personally do that with, you know, when I'm looking at my news, I'm looking at multifaceted news broadcasts. I'm looking at, you know, both sides. And I just, I, it doesn't sit well with me. But I know that's probably not popular opinion, and I'm sure I'll get a lot of flack for that. But it's just the way I feel. And as an naturally skeptical person, I want to see multiple sources for something, just mm-hmm. like when I'm investigating. I want to see multiple devices go off. I want proof in a multi-faceted situation. So yeah. I, I just think that when it comes to a lot of conspiracy theories, you're just hearing – one side mm-hmm. and you're not seeing you know then people choose that one side and they're not looking at all sides and sometimes all sides will align yep.
2: sometimes yeah
1: sometimes they don't
2: right yeah exactly yeah. it's like um it's like if you watch a you could watch a documentary about something and be like oh my god i can't believe this is true but then if you want you can watch a entirely different documentary from the other perspective and be like oh my god this is true you know what i mean so like
0: yeah yeah.
2: It, it could really, like, that can happen too. And that's going right into what you're saying. And yeah, the yeah. alien thing was so weird. I actually just did another video on that because there was another guy that came out and said that he had proof of the video. And I had to make a video on it, of course, because. But, like, you know.
1: if you really look at it, <laughs> if you're looking at the news broadcast, yeah. just because I think this is important because everyone's losing their minds over this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at the news broadcast, like, so you're looking at Miami News, local, it's on YouTube, you can find them. There's none of that. And you're seeing multiple multiple angles from these news broadcasts, multiple different, you know, agencies that were filming. So you're not seeing any of that. And you're also seeing interviews of people that were talking about, you know, when they're because the one thing that struck me was like the amount of police force that were out. It's a <laughs> lot. There's a lot of cops. Oh yeah. And you're you hear, oh, it was just a bunch of teenagers setting off firecrackers. But then when you really look at it, it's like Mm, these teenagers are not really teenagers. They're like 19, 20-year-olds. There's like 50 of them and they're beating the crap out of adult men. Mm-hmm. Like beating yeah. the crap. Like, all right, 50, imagine 50, 19-year-olds. And these these are not kids that like when we were kids – they're just like hung out at school. These are kids that have been going to the gym.
2: Yeah, like <laughs> mall rats. <just> like, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. These kids are like <laughs> swole. Yeah, and they're yeah. beating the crap out of random men. That is something you want to call the cops about. Yeah. And couple that with setting off fireworks inside a mall, which sounds a lot like, like in this gun- day and age yeah. gunshots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these people are hearing the sound and they're locking their doors in the in the stores and in the restaurants because they don't know if it's a mass shooting. So they're calling 911 and the police are like, oh crap, it's New Year's Day. There's a mass shooting. It's like it lines up with like everyone is off. There, we, we need to come out in force and they don't know what the deal is. So they just mm-hmm. put out right. like all points bulletin. Everybody shows up. You got SWAT. You got like your local guys. You got your sheriffs. You got all these people that just show up because they're like, I'm here. Like I'm here to help, you know. And yes, maybe the call was. You know, they come through and they're like, well, it's just a bunch of kids. But like, is it though? Is it really just a bunch of kids or are they really responding to something? And I'm proud of the way they responded. I'm mm-hmm. like, if there's a freaking, you know, a people shooting beating
2: people, yeah, or shooting people beating people teacher, up, like, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I deal yeah. with
1: that fear every day. You know, if there is a shooting, I want the police to show up like that. Like that is the response any city would be proud of. The police came out and they were like, we are here to shut this down. And they made some arrests. And there's a video of, like, the, someone, I don't know who got the video, but, like, there's a man being beat by, like, 50 kids, um, like, an adult man. And, like, you know, if that was your father, your brother, your friend, whatever, like, you would want someone to help him, you know, and what are you going to do? So I do think that it's kind of twisted and it was, like, downplayed all that. But if you just look at the video for the videos out there, there is no evidence of these blurry things, not, not on anybody anybody's video. And then you would think, out of all of the cops, out of all of the people that were there, how come nobody took any pictures? Nobody took any videos. We all have a phone in our pocket. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. So, and then they're like, "Oh, well, they're blocking the cell towers. They're blocking the cell." T-. Even if you didn't have service, your phone is still going to work with a camera. Yeah, you I still can have say the that.
2: phone. You still have the photo, and you could share the, the photo absolute- later
1: your photo yeah. app so your yeah, your yeah. your camera is still yeah. going to work mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you have service Yeah, right. so where are those videos and those photos mm-hmm. yeah. clearly yeah,
2: yeah because cuz then yeah cuz it then you get the whole people they're like oh well the cops beat them deleted i'm like well are you telling me that one person didn't make it through you know what i mean out of all the chaos not, you know like they that's impossible yeah, yeah, Come right. There right, right, you go. It. Yeah, it's Come impossible.
1: On. It's impossible. Like it's just—it's yeah. not true. Like it's—I want it to be true. Yeah, yeah. I would love that if there was a Miami alien. Yeah, I would, for sure. I it's would just, be out there, like yeah,
2: right. Yeah, it's sunny. just so weird. Uh, it's, that was such a weird story to begin with. How that—how that can go from what really happened to turning into. You know the alien thing. I just don't know where that happened, but yeah, very strange. I also
1: think a lot of people. There was one guy that actually came forward, and I don't know his his TikTok handle, but like he was like one of the original guys that came forward saying he saw it, and then he had to come forward and say, "I made all of this up. I've never mm-hmm. been to Miami. Yeah. Like yeah. all of this is BS." Yeah, and like multiple videos saying that he's like, "Guys, I was trolling." Like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's
2: just yeah, it's ah, weird. It's su- it's such a weird weird fascinating like uh thing and on how like social media works or tiktok i don't know what it is yeah whatever it is it's just weird how that can work um and i guess it's the dangers of social media i suppose um you know where there's things like things can get out of hand like that and like a story that's not even close to reality can just be magnified and all of a sudden you know it's trending on twitter you know, or mm-hmm. but order, I mean or
1: in in the you know, in the sense of if it was real, that would be really cool and it yeah. should be talked about and reported upon. But it's like I wanna see multiple angles. I wanna see, you know, if it was a real thing, there should be more of it. And that's that's the, the only issue I have with those situations is like if that really happened, realistically, all the cameras, all the security cameras, all the footage. You have so much, mm-hmm. yeah, to look through. Something there would, something be would more. leak,
2: yeah. Something would leak out at some so, point, yeah. And
1: that's where, like, I'm so glad for cameras. I I want there to be more of this stuff coming out. I want there to be proof of the paranormal. I want there to be proof of the aliens coming through. And there is a lot of, I think there is a lot of proof out there, but I just don't think that is it.
2: Yeah. Hell yeah. No, that's awesome. No, like I was, I was, I was right on that same. Um, wavelength um, after like looking into it and stuff but like but um, yeah I mean it's just an interesting topic for sure but yeah like I said oh, it's, yeah. it's weird how um, things can just get out of hand really quickly you know <laughs> you know no. and then yeah like I said the one I did tonight some guy came out um, it was like I have I have a footage of it and he's like he held up the tape and he, it's like an actual like VHS tape, VHS tape. And he's like I yeah he's like VHS tape which that's where I was like okay well I don't know dude you tell me you had like a camcorder <laughs> down at this mall and the cops like all right do you have a cell phone are you good to go (laughs) that's what i'm saying what so like you know it's just (laughs) i was like okay all right watch this yeah i just posted today you have to check it out i'm gonna check it out yeah i didn't do a uh, reaction to what i think it is yet i just wanted to get it out there (laughs) because i saw it and i was like oh i have to get this out there but yeah that's
1: awesome yeah
2: pretty funny i was like i -I -I." but yeah um no it's been great having you on absolutely awesome thank you for coming on It's been an awesome discussion. Why don't you plug um, where people can find all your stuff?
1: So I am at SheHaunts on every platform. Please check it out and send me a message. Let's talk paranormal.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Very good. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, joining us and um, we'll have to have you on in the future.
1: I would love that. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks again. And um, thanks guys for listening to AFK Discussions. Like I said before. You can find us on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you do social media, we're on X. Uh, We have a TikTok, but we don't really use it that much. Um, And Phil, where can they find you? They can
2: find me at Exploring with Phil. This week, I'm going back to Connecticut. I'm actually going to Union Cemetery, which the Warrens made famous by uh, capturing a lady, a white lady um, in the cemetery. Um, A lot of great paranormal evidence. Also, shout out to Mad Explorers for showing me that location. So this thursday 7 p.m.
0: awesome thanks again guys thanks again Gina we'll see you later Thank peace
1: you. peace <laughs> Now I par Will the sing all back